Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us again in this new edition of In Conversation With. My name is Jeroen Bademans, and in this series, I'm interviewing top business leaders from all different sectors, all different regions, with all different backgrounds. And we're not focusing too much on the business part, but we are really interested in what drives them personally, what gives them energy, what makes them tick, and also what keeps them awake at night. So I'm really excited to introduce to you another absolute business leader in the world, um, which is Chris K. He is the CEO of Saatchi and Saatchi, uh, one of the biggest global communications network in the world, active in, for example, 67 countries, if I'm right. So I'm really excited to have him here in our show today. Let me introduce you to this new edition. Welcome to In Conversation with Chris K. Welcome to our show. Thanks for Thank being you. here. How are you today? I'm good. Good to see you again. How are you doing? Thank you. I'm good. Thanks you. How was your day today? Uh, it's Wednesday, so I'm halfway through the weeks around, so it's, it's a good day. <laughs> it sounds like a challenging uh, week after each other when you're really focusing on the middle of the week, but uh, can imagine could be uh, some uh, some difficult week then if you are uh, already up for the weekends. <laughs> no, it's, 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 uh, it's an energizing week, uh, and it's one where it, it's good to feel like we're, we're, we're into the second part, so yeah, all good. Chris, we're going to talk about all kind of different topics, basically on, on, on your leadership journey and your, your personal values. And usually I uh, uh, start off with, well, sometimes the, the same question, but another recurring format in this series is that uh, the, the guest of the day also asks a question to the next guest. And in this case, the previous guest, which is Gerte Winter, he is the CEO of the insurance company Balwaze ask you the question i would actually have would have liked to ask but it's his question actually and his question is to start off with what do you want to become when you are grown up <laughs> it's a great question uh and i also answer that question with maybe responding with maybe i don't want to grow up and maybe that <laughs> but I, I i think in all seriousness i think the only thing that i look for uh in life is for to be happy and content and happy and content in whatever I'm doing at that moment, happy and content in believing that I've landed uh, something that's been meaningful in the world, uh, and happy and content that whatever comes next uh, is something that's challenging and energizing in equal measure. But to be truth be told, I never want to grow up. Uh, that's 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 always, of course, the best answer. But still, when you were a little Chris, like five years old, I can't imagine that you would have given the same answer, right? What was your ambition at that time when you were a kid? Uh, my ambition when I was a kid, apart from playing football for England, like every young uh, <laughs> person growing up in England, I, I, I think it was just to do something meaningful. We're, we're not in the world forever. And so I think doing something that leaves a mark, that makes me, makes me feel proud, that makes people around me feel proud uh, and, and makes us all feel like it was worthwhile. And have you succeeded so far in doing that? Yeah, uh, I, I still think there's a journey to go, uh, but I feel like uh, it's been an interesting 25 years in the advertising industry that I've been in. Uh, I'm very lucky to be leading a 51-year-old company to try and unlock what its next 50 years is. And I think that is a, that is a legacy opportunity. Uh, and so if my career has got me to a point where I can take a famous name 
like Saatchi and Saatchi and make it relevant for the next 50 years, then maybe that's a way to answer how I've been doing potentially on, on leaving that meaningful imprint. Is that indeed the definition of, of being meaningful to you? Because it can also resonate, for example, when it comes to, I don't know, sustainability or uh, like uh, the, the current lots of discussions that are going on currently. But what's your definition yeah. of being meaningful? I, I, I think doing things uh, that people really feel, doing things that people really see value in and doing things that hopefully people remember when you're no longer in the seat because now you are the CEO of the well one of the largest uh, communications and advertising networks in the world can you give us a little bit on how you got there because I can imagine it has been quite a journey yeah it, I, I mean it's been an interesting journey uh, I don't think I ever really wanted to be an advertiser <laughs> I, I, I think somebody once asked the question why did I choose that as a career path And, and the reason I chose it is I went to university and studied a, a science of management degree and advertising was the most interesting part of the degree. And, uh, and so my natural inclination was to gravitate to the part with the most interesting people uh, that felt like it was doing something that was radical compared to the rest of the course. And, and I fell into the industry because of that. And then from there, I realized that I could have fun in my day I realized that I could have an impact from a mass perspective on a lot of people's lives from what we communicate. And I realized that I could have an impact on the people that worked in our organization. So yeah. it was an industry that I felt comfortable in. And is, is this industry also the one and only industry that you could actually live up to your ambition not to be grown up? <laughs> potentially, potentially. And, 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 and when I say that, it doesn't mean... Uh, being grown up means uh, shirking responsibility. It just means having a childlike view of the world. And, and I think that's what great creative leaders and creative organizations have. They have that capability to look at things in a slightly different way. And, and, and that's why I don't want to grow up, because I still want to look at things with wonder and opportunity uh, as much as responsibility. Yeah, but, that, but that's still an interesting question then, because talking about leadership, which is, of course, the topic of today, um, being a CEO of such a big company, uh, in your case, but also in other cases, of course, uh, being, let's say, the boss of thousands of people, responsibility of numbers of offices around the world, um, how do you still make sure that you still have this, let's say, well, childish approach, if you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and, and I, think, I think it's an absolute belief in our core product and our core product at the end of the day is creativity. And so what I have to do with our organization is create a culture that allows us to be at our creative best. And, and, and that doesn't mean that uh, I, don't really, I don't believe in the bottom line. The bottom line is what gives me creative freedom. And so money in an organization like this is incredibly important because that allows us to dream, it allows us to invest and do things that others wouldn't. And so an organization like ours only has freedom if it's financially successful. So it's it's the number one unlock that allows us to deliver the product we deliver. Yeah, yeah. is it, uh, you are in the communications, in the creative industry, uh, talking about leadership, what is your, let's let's start off with, what's your, what, what is your definition of, of, of leadership, of being a leader? 
It's interesting, and I, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Being a CEO, a chief ex executive officer, my number one belief in that role as a leader is you have to be a chief energy officer. <laughs> and, and, and what I mean by that is the energy that you bring as a leader to an organization propels it forward. The energy you bring in clarity of purpose allows people to follow. And the energy that you deliver on a daily basis allows a company to succeed. So I, I really believe modern leadership is being a chief energy officer as much as a chief executive officer. Yeah. And there in this chief energy officer role is also this creativity and this uh, being able to communicate with your people as well, right? That's, that's part of it. Yeah, I, I think if you come into an organization like I did, which was 51 years old, you have to create a new purpose and you have to create a clear mission. And so the first job I did was be very clear about the ambition for the company, be very clear about the values that sit beneath that ambition, and then use energy to deliver that and give oxygen in the right moments to the right parts of that mission. And so you're right. I, I think the first role of the chief energy officer is to make it clear where we're going and how people can follow. Yeah, and again, because communication, creativity is part of leadership, at least in your definition, can someone who isn't a good communicator or who isn't that creative as probably you are, can he or she also be a good leader as well? Yeah, yeah, most definitely. I, I, I don't think to be a strong leader you have to have a a creative problem-solving gene. I think you just have to have a clear vision for where you want your organization to go. And, and, and that is being very clear on the narrative. That is being very clear on the role that everybody in that organization can play. And so regardless of industry, regardless of background, just clarity of proposition is a great unlock, I think, for, for, for successful organizations. Yeah, it's, it, it's still a bit, um, um, let's say, a, a a, a long-term goal, this this purpose-driven approach, right? Um, how do you make it concrete in your in your daily life? How do you make sure that people that you can do what you want to do in order by stretching this 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 purpose and 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 focusing on this on this ambition? Yeah, I, I, I think I think a vision needs proof, and so that proof on a daily basis needs to come to life in potential products that we take to market. It needs to come to life in the people that we hire. It needs to come to life in the partners that we collaborate with. So I think you need to be clear on your proposition, but very quickly on a daily basis, you need to deliver proof because it's a proof that really shows people that the mission and the vision is right and it's worth following for the rest of the journey. Yeah. Uh, uh, creativity, uh, well, at least for me personally, also resonates always with a kind of positive connotation, right? It's it's always around positivity. But I can imagine being a CEO of a big company, Asachi and Saatchi, you also have faced a lot of difficulties as well. How do you uh, deal with that on uh, given your 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 personal approach on that? Yeah, and 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 and, and I wouldn't mistake positivity for not being competitive. And, okay. and so I, I, think, I think it's more an optimistic approach versus a positive approach. It's looking at today's problem as tomorrow's opportunity. And I think that's how we run our business. There will always be opportunities and challenges, but if we can attack them and win against them in a different way, I think that's how you win. And so I, it's, it's sometimes misconstrued that running a human-centered positive organization means that you're not competitive. 
Yeah. We're really competitive and we love to win. Yeah, but but still, can we to to make it more concrete? Can you give us an example, for example, of one of the biggest challenges you have been facing as a CEO? Yeah, I, well, I I think I'm currently residing in London, uh, which obviously the UK has gone through a very tough 18 yeah. months. Uh, specifically, came out of uh, of a COVID period, so we have had challenges from a cost of living uh, to war in Ukraine. Uh, to challenges on what's going on in just in daily lives in people in our country. And so as a CEO, we have to be first looking at our people and looking at what we can do to get them to reach optimum performance. I'm in a people-based organization. And so the more my people are optimized, the better my output. And then second, we have to work out how with our client partners in challenging times, we can help them find a road uh, that takes them to a place that really gets them back to a financial performance that everybody's happy with. Yeah, yeah. Do you do you sleep well at night? <laughs> Very well. Very well. Uh, always, always, or are uh, there? No, I, I, I mean, look, I, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pretend that sometimes I don't wake at 2 a.m. and I have thoughts in my head. But the thing that I try to do is make sure there's a clear delineation between work and life. Make sure that I'm not uh, using this before I go to sleep so my mind is clear. I'll uh, keep that in mind as well sure. if you don't mind. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and making sure I have one of these. Yeah, pencil uh, so and uh, no no phone, no uh, no phone next to your bed. No, no. But but, but I, I, I think work's incredibly important, but life's the only thing you have once. And so I just try to to let today's issue become tomorrow's opportunity. Are those topics also the ones that keep you awake if you if, if if you're awake at night so the more let's say uh, work-life balance topics rather than financial decisions or stormy uh, situation when it comes to the financial uh, performance of your company for example no 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 i i, I take all parts of the challenge uh, equally as important and and like i said for a creative organization the stronger the financial performance the better the creative uh capability because yeah. financially in an organization like, like ours money buys us freedom talking about this work-life uh, balance i think it's interesting because people really play a central role in your in the way of working of your personal way of working right um, mm -hmm. uh, as far uh, from my experience creativity and communication is a let's say a, a 24 7 business mm -hmm. or at least a 24 7 process you can't schedule cre creativity how do you draw the line then between a proper work-life balance and, and also doing your work at best? Uh, let me answer that in two ways. One, I really believe that you make life work, not work life. <laughs> and so I think if you can try and find that way to have that delineation. And then two, I really believe that we get the best out of people, our people if they're optimized, which means they've got a healthy home life, which means that we've created a system that allows them to be at work at the right moments. There's been a lot of conversation about work from home or work from the office. And I, and I actually think it's a wrong conversation. I, right. I think really what we're trying to do is give a bit more freedom to our employees' decisions that allows them to feel connected here when they need to be, but also allows them to be in a place that deep work is really valuable when they need to do the things that other people can't. 
Yeah, because so you are there is a trend going on again, also from big companies in the world to really asking or at least uh, telling their people to come back to the office again full time. You don't you don't yeah. support that then? I think it's stupid. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and, and and sorry, that's a flippant comment. But, 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 <laughs> no, but, but it's it's clear to say the least, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and 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 who am I to call Elon Musk uh, not a, not a, a bright person? But but what I mean by that, I, like I said, I think it's a wrong conversation. I don't think it's about where you work. I think it's about how you work. And and so for us, the way that we've set up a system, we've created a system we call two plus two plus one. So we give our people the freedom to have two days in the office. And that is uh, designed by the teams based on when's the right moment to collaborate, to have two days at home or wherever deep work is really valuable and then to have one day out in the real world, so potentially in our clients' organizations or just out in the real world seeing what's happening in culture. And what we've done with that is just given our people a sense of freedom that allows them to, I think, actually connect deeper with our organization. And the first question that we get asked, and we ask ourselves a lot uh, after doing that, is has it affected performance? Yeah. And, and, and in the two years since we've done that, uh, we've won more new business than we've ever won, uh, and and our creative output, I think, is as strong as it ever has been. And so, until it starts affecting performance, I wouldn't change it. And that's that's a very clear proof, like you said. It needs to be proven. So, it in this case, it does. What's the role of a leader or you personally? What's what what do you see personally as your role as a leader in this? Let's say you also written it in your book. Uh, the new approach to the to the way of working. What's your role as a leader in this? Yeah, and 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 I think we've got to create a organisation and a system that allows people to perform at their best. And and maybe that's an easier perspective for me because all I sell really is people and ideas. Hmm. Uh, but if I can create an organisation and a system that allows our people to turn up, that allows our people to really deliver that allows our people to think of the things that other people can't, then I think we're creating the right system to win. So uh, do you also think for, let's say the way of working, it, it, it's about the people in your company, in all companies. Do you, what do you, how do you translate that to the new way of working of leaders who have to deal with that? Because they're, 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 they're obviously also leaders who, well, have never changed. They also try to, also during COVID, try to get their people at the office. What do you think of the yeah. future approach? I think modern leadership is really tough. And, and I think what when is, you think... About, what is modern leadership then to you? And, and, and as I was going to say, modern leadership is there is so much noise happening outside of our organizations, economically, culturally, in society, in the world that I think the trials and tribulations of being a modern leader are harder than ever before. We have to be really cognizant of what is happening in society, both in the minds of our clients, in the minds of the markets that we're delivering for, and in the minds of the people that are working for us. So I think modern leadership needs leaders to be able to be comfortable with change. And so I, I, I think as a leader, I embrace change. It's the most exciting part of the day. And I think if you look positively and optimistically towards that, I think that's the first skill, really, of a modern leader. Yeah, that's an interesting point, because I read an interview. It's from 2021, I must say. But you, there you said, we need a new form of creativity. 
again, this resonates with me again with positivity as well. Can you can you elaborate a bit on that? And and more important, is it still is it still the case because the world has been changing? Well, let's say slightly as an understatement. <laughs> Uh, well, I, and, and, and I think that article was specifically about the world has been really challenging. And so creativity needs to bring optimism, needs to bring a bit of humor, needs to bring a bit of fun. It needs to make us all realize that life, even though it's tough, there's times where brands can show up with real purpose. There's times where consumers can partner with a brand in a way that really brings some levity and connection to their life. And that's for me what that new creativity needs to be. It needs to be the smile in a moment where it's difficult. It needs to be the purpose that allows me to believe in something when maybe I don't believe in what's going on in the broader world. And do you also, can you also uh, put this in other sectors as well? Because you are in the, cre in the creative sector. So you are, uh, your, your product is being creative. But there are also many other sectors, of course, where creativity is not the core product they are producing or they are delivering what yeah and and, and i would argue uh, against that that creative thinking is alive and kicking in most industries and and what i mean by that is that ability within your own industry to look at a problem and find a solution in a way that really reframes how that industry thinks how that industry goes to market And that, for me, is the most critical skill, I think, of a modern leader. It's to be a creative thinker. And that doesn't mean that you have to be an artist uh, or a great writer. It just means you have to have that capability to problem solve in a way that potentially others can't because that gets you the competitive advantage. And it's also a bit, uh, uh, so sometimes it, it is a taboo as well. People are a bit ashamed, right? I often speak to leaders who say, well, I'm, I'm not that creative. I ask other people to come up with creative ideas. Yeah. Do you think that, that this should not be the case, that you should, should be creative yourself in the first place? Yeah, well, and, and, and again, I, I think it's that ability to think in different ways. I think leaders need to be radical. I think great leaders have radical thought. You know, when you think of the great leaders in the world, you think of the great brands in the world, you think of the great products in the world. It comes from absolute creative thinking that allows for a radical change in an industry. And so I, I think it's not the preserve of my industry. And very kindly at the start of this, you suggested that I was creative. I'm not the most creative person in my organization. And, and if, if you told my organization that I was creative, a lot of them would laugh at you. Uh, <laughs> but but I, I really believe it's a skill to just look at things in a different way. And, and that can be from trying to work out how a P&L can be way more uh, optimized. It can be how culturally you create an organization that thinks in a different way. It can be geographically about how you deliver something to market yeah. in a place that people haven't before. Uh, I, I think it's the number one skill uh, for leaders. Well, probably we hear some people laughing when they when we would ask them about your creativity. But what what would they say if I would ask some of your colleagues about you? What would they say? Uh, I, I think they'd say I was incredibly passionate. I think they would say I was a fair leader, which is really important to me. Uh, I think they would say that I listen. You know, I think that's an incredibly underrated skill in leaders. I feel that the more that I listen, the smarter I get, the more valuable that I can be. And so I, I, I hope they think I'm a leader that uses their ears as much as their mouth. 
Yeah, you talked about earlier about the uh, leaving a legacy by being valuable or by by having contributed to something. Uh, do you still ha do you already have a legacy, or are you still working on that? <laughs> uh, I, I, I think one thing that I'm very proud of uh, within this organization is we've created a national curriculum uh, based out of London for the UK to help the next generation of creative thinkers come into our industry. And so that is a national curriculum that any business, not just a Saatchi business, any business in the UK can partner with any school in the UK. And we've created the curriculum, the program and the capability for those partners to create great content together. So it's a three year program that any organization can use with any school to help people realize that creative thinking is part of a superpower for the next generation. Is it a legacy? Uh, I think that's a strong word, but I think it's something to be proud of. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And um, in terms of, because I'm asking this question, because you're leaving Saatchi and Saatchi, uh, yeah. you're, you're going to do completely something now for something completely different, I would say, right? Yes, and and, and, and I'm, I'm still working through uh, how I release those details, but I'm moving into uh, a more fluid existence where I spend more time helping leaders cope with what I think of the trials and tribulations of the modern world. And the reason I'm doing that is because I've had 25 years in an incredible industry. I've seen great leaders and I've seen some not so great leaders. Uh, and I feel I can have a contribution in my next chapter that challenges me as a, as a leader in my own capability. Yeah. And so I'm energized for using my brain in a different way. Wow, that sounds uh, a, a really good purpose and ambition, I would say. Um, uh, referring back to the to the to the recurring format we have in these interviews is that you are asked a question from our previous guest, but you are also going to ask a question to my next guest, and uh, our next guest will be Jan Erik Sorgerstad. Um, quite sure that I'm not pronouncing it correctly, but he's the CEO of uh, Storebrand Asset Management and he's a prominent figure in sustainable investing. And my question to you is, what would your question be to him? And, and, and I think to follow the theme of leadership and to follow the theme that I think the question that I was asked at the start, I, I'd be very intrigued to understand if there's one thing that they could change as how the world views them as a leader, what would it be? Cool. That's a great question. And now we still have some time left. What would, we, would be your answer to this question? <laughs> I, I'm happy to answer <laughs> any more questions that you have. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what, what, what would be your answer to the question you asked to, uh, to, to, to Jan-Erik? What would be the key, the key thing for a leader? I think comfort with change. I think be very clear on your role. That notion of a modern leader being a chief energy officer, I think is incredibly important and realize that we're here to get the best out of our people. Because when we get the most out of our people and our organizations, that's when we perform the strongest. Yeah, and great. so how as a leader you can unlock that optimization, that's really how you get the financial performance. That's really how you beat your competitors. That's really how you take something to market that others can't. And so however we look at our systems, our processes, our organizations and our people, That's how we unlock greatness. Great. So, and to wrap up, I guess the uh, early ambition of being a uh, professional soccer player in the English team uh, won't uh, uh, won't be anymore for the near future. But um, 
uh, being uh, still a child, not grown up, that's still your ambition for the future, I guess. Yeah, I, I, and just being someone who's bringing in bringing value to whatever they're doing and enjoying it while you can. That's a great conclusion of this great conversation that actually took way too short, but uh, obviously was really interesting and inspiring. Thank you very, very much, Chris Kay, and all the best in your future steps and movements throughout the world and life. Thank you very much. No problem, and, and I appreciate the time. Thank you. And thank you all who have been joining us today for this In Conversation with Chris Kay. The next one, of course, will be, as I said, with Jan-Erik Sogerset. So I hope you will be joining again. Thank you very much for now. Hope you join us again next time. Bye-bye.